We are the Marcelin Brothers, and this is the Marcelin Brothers Podcast, MBP for short. We are here to share our story and to contribute our thoughts about everyday topics in life. Time to sit back, relax, and get ready for the MVP attack. What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Today is May 16th, 2020. And if you're listening or watching, you're listening or watching to the Marcelin Brothers podcast. Hello to my brothers. Marcelin Cube is in the house. What's going on, Marvin? What's going on, Christopher? Hey, hey. Nothing much, man. Another day. Another day. You know, let's just first sit and... Just be appreciative that the three of us are back at it together again on one screen, on one podcast. It's a good feeling. I like what I see in front of me right now on the screen, and it's a blessing. So, gentlemen, it's always good seeing you guys. You guys look healthy. You guys look good. And you guys are definitely carrying the Marcelin gene very well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank You're you, not too shabby you. yourself. Appreciate <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I, I got some grays. I got more grays going on, but that's all right. The grays are coming up in my beard. You know, isn't it interesting that out of the four Marcelin men in the Marcelin nuclear family that dad has the darkest hair <laughs> out of all of us? <laughs> I think it's a Benjamin Button gene. I've actually read about it, where the older you get, the reverse darker your hair gets. So it's something to look forward to. So, Dad, I don't know how you did it, but we somehow have more gray, more grays than you. <laughs> I'm impressed. Oh, man. So, gosh, guys, it's been a long, long time. I know the, the coronavirus has... You know, done a number on all of us, but it's really good to see that we're still okay. So, you know, what's been going on with life? Let's start off with you, Marvin. I know it's been maybe close to a month since we've done our last podcast. What's been going on since the last time we were in podcast land together? Well, still doing a little social distancing. I'm doing my part with that. Uh, as you guys may or may not know, I'm finishing up with residency. Next month is my last month. And wow, um, congrats. Woo -woo. That's awesome. It's going to move on to the next. Bigger and better. Knock on wood. Hopefully things turn out okay. So that's what's going on with me in a nutshell. That's awesome. Any changes for coronavirus? How's that impacted you? Well, again, elective cases are no-go. And um, for me personally, I'm just... Buying time, buying time, essentially. I'll be back in the hospital next month, um, just treating patients on the floors. But aside from that, not really much going on on my end. Uh, I beg to differ. I feel like every time I turn around on my Apple Watch, I get a notification. Marvin has completed a workout. <laughs> Marvin has completed a 10-mile bike ride. Marvin has completed a yoga workout. Well, I mean... Yeah, I decided with this extra time, I'm just going to get back in shape, and I'm, I'm feeling good. Uh, I mean, I wasn't going to say done, anything, but um, I'm, I'm definitely digging the physique, man. I mean, you are <laughs> definitely looking like you're you're stepping back in the time machine right now. What's that body fat at? Like 0.5% now? <laughs> well, for me, the goal is 
to look like this when I'm 80. So we'll see. <laughs> not to not to drop any name brands, but um, what have you been using? Yeah, man. Hint, hint. What have you been working out with in your bedroom? Oh, <laughs> oh I see what you guys are doing. And am I going to click on that clickbait? You bet I am. <laughs> um, uh, I got a Peloton. Got a Peloton bike. Oh, my bike. gosh. I'm so and jealous. And so... With that, I the thing I like about it, honestly, is the community aspect of it. And then there are so many different categories of exercises, whether it's running indoors, running outdoors, biking, um, yoga, um, strength exercises, stretching, meditation. They have all sorts of different things that you can do. And when I team that up with my Apple Watch, I have the capability of doing exercises and then I have capability of keeping track of all the data. So I can always look back to see what I did before and see if I can better it, keep it the same, et cetera. I like data, so it makes me happy. So now every time I I do an exercise, I take a step, I'm able to lock it away in that vault. And it feels like I am putting money away into a bank account because everything that I do, it's not for nuts. And I get to have it accounted for, which is pretty cool. So how does the Peloton work? Like, I've kind of seen commercials and stuff. So I know it's one of those things where you can bike and then you can actually bike in a group. So is that the one where you just set up a certain time where you want to do your Peloton and you kind of go in and you find other people who are doing it and you guys kind of race together? Is that kind of similar to how that works? All of the above, yeah. So you have the capability. It's like social networking, but for exercise. And so... Um, whenever you join a live class, they have set times every hour there's going to be a live exercise that goes on. And then you have the ability to log in if you want to do that class live with other individuals who are doing the same course. Or you can do previously recorded classes and then you can just um, participate like that. Now, whether you are actually live or attending a pre-recorded course um, there are other people that are popping up at the same time as you. So then you could do your exercises with the other individuals who are current and live at that moment. So an, a pre-recorded um, exercise, you can also participate with other people. And then you have the ability to friend other people. And then, you know, it's just like a little high five. This person joined your workout. Yay, more points. You know, they try to gamify the whole aspect of exercising too. And if you have friends and you know their their thread name, you can um, friend them as well. And it's just another way of bringing a community to the exercise scene. And I like it because if I were to do a spin class, um, it would be the same exact thing where I'm getting on the same bike and I'm going to be in an actual room with other individuals. But I feel like I'm getting the same experience by doing a spin class at my own home. But I know that other people are tuning in virtually at the same time. So uh, all in all, I think it's a good construct. And the other aspect of all this is just because you purchased, let's say, the bike doesn't mean you can't participate in their like their treadmill sessions and whatnot. So with that as long as you have your account on your phone, you can bring, let's say, my phone to a random treadmill, log in, and then run alongside everyone else. So it's pretty cool. Cool. It's cool. It's fancy. I like it. Everyone seems to love it. 
Looks good, man. So, Christopher, what about you, man? You've been in it to win it. We've talked about you a lot during a lot of our podcasts. So, I know you're on the front lines doing things. You're in just crunch time. How have things been for you when you've been out there treating your patients? Yeah, man. It's been lots and lots and lots of work at the hospital, cases, and also lots and lots and lots of spending time with the family, taking care of them, uh, been sharpening up those cooking skills. I've actually, believe it or not, I've gotten to the point where I would rather eat my own cooking than go out to eat. Yeah. So I'm very pleased with that. Probably a week before the pandemic and everything started shutting down, we went out and bought a grill and got a propane grill. And started experimenting with different stuff, steaks, chicken, salmon, fish. And I'm very pleased with my outdoor kitchen set. So very happy. I like it. And it's very relaxing to get outside in your backyard, grill, have the kids playing outside and just literally go in dad mode. Just grill and be like, hey, 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 careful, careful, (laughs) play gently and then just back to the grilling so it's very nice i feel like i've transitioned into dadhood now officially with the grill master so it's awesome i like it well you had some practice beforehand though like i remember when you were living on south beach and you were you're living in south florida you had the grill and you had some people over and i know you did some stuff so you feel like you've been able to up your game a little bit since those days then because you were always having some people to over yeah, definitely. Now I'm experimenting with different things. I'm, it's literally to the point where it's funny. Me and Ty will start, we've literally taken up watching the cooking shows, and we'll just look at something, we'll watch them make it, and we'll be, look at each other and be like, we could do that. And then the next day, we, oh, we've been a big proponent of Instacart. Um, Instacart is basically ordering your groceries online, and they have them delivered to you. So we'll pick out a couple of uh, ingredients, have it sent to our house, and then give it a shot and see what happens. And it's gotten to the point now where I almost don't even have a desire to go out to eat anymore, which is big for me because I used to love going out to eat. Now, I'm happy. Now, I've got to say that, you know, we, so we have, we're trying to you know, have specific nights for specific stuff. As as the MBPers know, my wife is 33 or going to be 33 weeks right now. So she'll be due in July. And, you know, it's one of those things where we always try to be as prepared as possible. So with some of our meals, the Saturdays for us is pizza night where we make homemade pizzas. We use non-bread, Azure bread, and then we'll just use – we used to use pizza sauce – now we're just using just normal marinara sauce as the sauce. You put your mozzarella cheese on there, and then you just do however you want to do it. So you know, it's pretty nice, pretty quick, pretty easy. And since the naan bread is already made, all you're really doing is just melting the cheese and warming up the pizza. So really, it's just go put your pizza in 400 degrees, do it for 10 minutes, then voila, you're pretty good. So that's something that we look forward to. We do that every Saturday, so that's tonight. And on Tuesday, we do Taco Tuesdays. So, you know, I end up buying the ground beef and, you know, Desiree, she ends up, you know, 
just doing whatever she does. And Leah and I and Aaron, we just all eat and we enjoy ourselves. Now, what was interesting is that this past Tuesday, we ended up not doing Taco Tuesday at the Marston House, but ended up doing, you know, Taco Tuesday from a... I'm not going to say the brand because I don't want to put shade on them. But we went to a restaurant, or we didn't go to a restaurant, but we had the delivery. And all of us were eating and we're like, you know what? We like our Taco Tuesday better. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's how I feel now. It's it's surprising. Um, question about the pizza. Yeah. Um, one way to up your game, really low stress, is at first, I didn't believe it. I did not buy into it. Ty bought uh, I don't know how to, how to describe it. Almost like a stone flat thing that you put your dough on top of and you put that in the oven and it kind of replicates like the brick oven because it's mm-hmm. cooking from the oven and it heats the stone and the stone mm-hmm. heats the crust up and we buy, we're, we're not 100% do-it-yourselfers. We buy pre-made dough and we yeah. toss it up and then we roll it out and I got to tell you, I like it better than the fast chain pizza places. I'm not saying a lot. Like, that dough comes out beautiful. It's crisp. It almost reminds me of, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but it feels like a nice, authentic New York style pizza. Like, oh. the dough is very fresh, okay, crispy, dough, okay. different. Okay. So, yeah, that little stone thing makes a difference. You should yeah, it's a pizza stone. Yeah, pizza how, yeah, stone. Yeah, pizza stone too. How long? How long do you have to does it take to make the pizza after you put it in the oven? You talking about a half hour, forty five minutes, twenty minutes, ten minutes? Probably, probably thirty to forty minutes. Okay, so it'll be interesting because the reason why I ask this is because Ophelia is a part of that's one of her favorite things. Like she likes the pizza, but I think she likes more of cooking the pizza. So that's one of the things that she enjoys doing. So yeah, we may have to pick that up. We may have to do that because you know for Valentine's Day we usually do like a Valentine's Day from scratch, and we made pizza from scratch. Like we actually made the dough from scratch. Like we had the flour, created it. it. But I mean that, but that's not a normal thing. So we'll have to. Talk to the missus about the the pre-made dough, and we'll yeah, have to literally, it it's, it's in the bakery. It's just a bag, and it has the they literally make it daily. So it's good. It's nice. It, well, you good. cut a little bit of a corner, but it's still homemade, and I can taste the difference. I'm very impressed. Man, that's good stuff. So yeah, maybe what we'll start doing is we'll have to share some of those home recipes that you are perfecting. But it's man. But I, I do tell you this, though, like, well, we've been in this for about two or three months. Like, the lifestyle has changed a little bit. And I think one of the things, and we'll probably start off the story with me with sports, is I definitely miss sports. And <laughs> I've just been very thankful that the Last Dance series is out. So for those of you guys who aren't familiar with The Last Dance, The Last Dance is Michael Jordan. He has 10 episodes, and he kind of recaps his basketball career in life from you know high school college all the way to his last championship and right now they've done eight episodes out of the 10 and tomorrow is the the last two episodes and it's one of those things where i've just been craving sports i've been watching reruns of stuff but you know i I, with everything going on that's probably the one thing that i've missed the most so my article is an article from Yahoo Sports. Can I just pause for one second? Come on in. I wanted, to, I wanted to touch on it before you walked away All right. from it. Come on so, in. So, uh, it's just this it's this interesting kind of debate I've been having with people a lot lately. And 
okay. lot of people bring it up, obviously, because of this ESPN, the Michael Jordan documentary MJ. series. And um, MJ, I just feel like there's a lot of shade being thrown on my boy LeBron James. And I think it's definitely different strokes for different folks, different times. I do not think Michael Jordan would be as loved as he was then if he was playing now. Because people don't realize that it's so hard to be a professional athlete today. You're mic'd up. You're on Twitter. People are following you with cameras. You have no privacy, no social life. My boy LeBron James has done nothing wrong. If you actually study his life, he's a great husband, great parents. He has foundations. He started his own school, can do no wrong, and is still hated on. And if we look at the personal life of Michael Jordan, people may be surprised to find out that he was probably the biggest trash talker. I think there was a point where he was, there was an interview between um, I don't remember if it was between, but there's an incident involving Muggsy Bolts. The I know if you guys remember Muggsy Bolts, the mm-hmm. short guy, and pretty much um, I think there was a playoff game or some sort of championship series where Jordan's covering Muggsy Bolts, and then you see Jordan like say something, kind of Muggsy look up and completely airball the shot, and I think he lost the game or something like that. And kind of later in the future, they asked him about it and. Yeah, apparently Jordan said some very unsettling things to him at that time and got in his head, and he clearly airballed and missed the shot. So it's interesting to see if he would be as loved now if kind of the social media, everyone was off in his business, if he's mic'd up, if every move he makes is blasted all over the news. I think that players had a bit of respect and kind of you only saw what the players wanted you to see back then. Now they see everything. So it's interesting. So do you think this whole discussion slash pseudo beef is legit and real? I really think it's just a matter of the media taking something and running with it. Because I don't know if I hear LeBron talking trash about Michael like ever, really. Um, Exactly, though. It's one thing. I mean, everyone has someone that they look up to just because he chose 23 (laughs) coming out of high school. You know, when he went to Cleveland they automatically are saying, okay, because he chose that number, that means he wants to be Mike and he wants to be better than Mike. LeBron's not going out there saying all these things, talking trash about Mike, saying that he's better than him, he wants to take over the world, whatever. He's just playing his game and he's playing the game the way that he knows best. And my, I would say that he's extremely smart about it because the longevity of LeBron right now is just showing you how smart he is in addition to how athletically gifted that he is. So I say to LeBron, you know, keep doing your thing. I say to Mike, yo, you're the man. And then I kind of see it as the media wants something. They're, they're trying to rustle something up so that you get more excitement, attention, yada, yada, yada. So those are my two cents. No, there, there's not a beef between any of them. They all, talk when you're an athlete they all they all talk to each other like when you when you start i don't know if you guys have watched the whole the last dance but you know there was a segment upon i've got that same water bottle huh sorry sidetrack anyways when you, when you see that a lot of times these guys they all mentor each other like when you saw there was a episode where you know they talk about kobe bryant and 
LeBron James pretty much calls Kobe Bryant his little brother and that Michael Jordan is a big brother. And I'm sure there's a similar type of relationship with Michael Jordan. It's not one of those things where Michael or, you know, says, oh, they're terrible. You know, he's like the mentor. He's like the, the big brother. And as people come into the league, there's a special type of relationship. So, no, it's definitely media. Media is it's media. It is, you know, us as students of the game or fans who just want to spark debate just to say something but if you talk to them you know they're they all there would not be a lebron there would not be a kobe if there was not a michael and that's one of those things where they've all said that if you hear lebron james talk about these interviews and they say hey are you the best or you know he always says oh you know just to be mentioned in that same breath of them is amazing and kobe i mean when you see the last dance you know they kind of talk about how their relationship came up and how he literally was the nagging little brother to the point where he he wore down michael jordan and michael jordan gave him his numbers and hey if you ever need anything let's talk and they'll they they had this special relationship so now that's definitely the media that's definitely us just trying to should put up smoke but you know for them you know they're they're the type of individuals where michael is mentoring lebron to be a businessman i mean lebron james billionaire that's what or wants to be a billionaire and if he's not already and who do you think he got that from he got that from michael so no definitely media and definitely us fans that are doing that more than them they can probably care less all right so i miss sports so let the ghost games begin bungalicia's coronavirus gamble off to a jarring yet hopeful start so this is a Yahoo Sports article. This was written four hours ago. And essentially what we'll be talking about is sports starting back up again. The yellow wall remained black, the color of the unfilled terraces. You know, Borussia's Dortmund's fabled 25,000-man south stand didn't have a single person on it, shorn of the usual thunder's thrum. All of that was heard on Saturday's River by against the arch-rival Slake 04, were shouts of coaches and teammates and thuds of big kicks rattling around the empty Signal Iduna Park filled about 81,000 people below capacity. The German calls these the ghost games. But after 67 days, Bangladesh was back. And 71 days after their own last matches, Dortmund and Skalk resumed their campaigns with, of all things, their hotly tested derby, a 4-0 thumping in favor of the home team. A game grudgingly lost even in low-stakes circumstances. This one indicated Dortmund's ability to stay in the title race with Bayern Munich, while Skelly hopes to consolidate his chances of securing the European soccer for next season. There are no pregame handshakes, not even a lineup down the player's tunnel. With Erling Holland scoring the first goal, he and his Dortmund peers kept at a distance as they danced in celebration, with the goal celebration anthem blooming over the PA system to almost nobody. Thorgan Hazard scored the third goal and raised his arms to a vacant yellow wall, sarcastically celebrating with the crowd that wasn't there. 
Anybody but the players and managers wore face masks. The teams had been quarantined in hotels for a week and went through a rigorous COVID-19 testing every day. The players were even kept apart from each other as much as possible, eating, dressing, practicing, and showering separately or in small groups. But even protocols were carefully followed. This game wasn't without controversy. Other European leagues, namely Ligue 1 in France, have canceled the remaining of the seasons out of safety concerns. More than half the German public didn't want professional soccer to return at all this season, even without fans. Only a third was in favor. The pandemic is the stuff of nightmares, but there is no opportunity in it. The Bangladesia is the only major soccer league that's back up and running. In fact, other than the Korean baseball organization, it is the only big-time sports circuit anywhere in the world that is in action. This is Germany's reward for having taken the coronavirus seriously early on and implementing comprehensive and effective measures, even if an inherent risk remains in assembling 300 or so people needed to put on and televise a pro soccer game. For years, the German league has made aggressive efforts to broaden its appeal beyond its borders. The league really had no choice in the matter as the Premier League conquered the world in La Liga, driven by the transcendence of Real Madrid Madrid and Barcelona fall closely blind. It had just to grow silently to stay relevant. But the effect of those efforts, ranging from sending former stars on global PR tours to putting on expensive media junkets to court the foreign press, seems to have been modest. Stateside, at least, the league's popularity still lags far behind England's and Spain's leagues and perhaps Italy. Meanwhile, the potential downside to restarting too early and having to shut down again if the virus flares up again in Germany is significant. Worse still, if the league is found to have contributed to a coronavirus resurgence, that will be a hard thing for people to forget. This is the grand gamble for a German league has taken. There may be a payoff yet, provided lots of difficulty and potentially dangerous things that are done correctly. After the game, the Dormont players did their usual cheering, celebrating with the yellow wall, only without holding hands, swinging up their arms in a communal cheer, paying tribute to all the fans from home. So I wanted to pull this up because of the fact that, you know, a lot of us as sports aficionados, we really miss watching sports. And we've all been discussing what is it going to be like when things start back to normal, when things open up again. And this is one of the first major leagues to start playing sports again. And I wanted to kind of hear your thoughts because eventually the world is going to have to come back to what it was before. It may be a new norm, but stuff have to come back together or else economies will fall and we won't be able to function and we won't be able to survive as pretty much a an economy anymore. So what are your thoughts on this? What are your thoughts on what things are going to be happening in the future and what happens next? Well, well, well. Very interesting. At first, I was complete. I literally went through a roller coaster of emotions and thoughts while you were reading the article. At first, I was completely against it. I thought to myself, "That's I. That's so horrible. You're putting the athletes at risk. Um, one could spread it to the other." But then I heard that they actually thought about it. They had implemented some sort of structure, and I thought, you know. This is true on the flip side. If everybody is quarantined for 14 days, they have no signs of symptoms, they're tested. If everybody's isolated, tested, and quarantined, and there's no corona inside that cohort, then theoretically, how could they spread it if no one has it? So 
then I went back to swinging the pendulum the other way of, oh, wow, maybe that's a good idea. If there's no breaks in the chain and if they're able to effectively test everyone and properly quarantine them, then they should be able to play against each other because no one has it. And I definitely applaud and agree that it should be in front of an empty stadium because we're still not there with the crowds and the fans, but it it would take a lot to get the players tested and make sure that they're properly quarantined. But I think that people are willing to go through the extra steps for the players to watch the players, especially something like basketball where they have a, a small roster that seems doable. Football, again, they have the budget to make sure that everybody on the field is tested, properly quarantined. But then the issue becomes... Um, if Tom Brady's febrile, he sits out, do you cancel the game? Or how is it fair to keep the game going knowing that he's the best player on the Buccaneers? That's right, I said Buccaneers, not the Patriots, because he's on the Bucks. But So that becomes a different issue than if someone has to sit out. So it's an interesting thought, but there's lots of issues that could come up too. So that's also confusing too. Yeah, the way I see it, as long as the vaccine is not out there, it's still not going to be 100% safe. So the first kudos that goes to them is making sure that there's no fans, because really it's the fans that would make it extremely difficult to keep under control, right, the spread of coronavirus. The second aspect of it, yeah, if if the... um, Immediate testing is legit. And I don't know if there are rapid tests that are 100% legit just yet, right? If it is legit, then I can see how this is something that could go forward in the future. Because as long as you can prove that you're not sick and you're not endangering other players, then yeah, you should be able to allow everyone to play. But the other thing about this, and I'm not sure if you guys mentioned it in the article, was where are all the games being taking place? I think I think in Japan or in um, South Korea, everything is pretty much localized to one spot, right? So you don't have to travel from one territory to another, one state to another in, in regards to this country, which can make things a lot more complicated as well if you're flying across the country per game. But if everyone is located in one uh, general geographic area kind of like intramural sports then I think that could be something that could be done but something different that they mentioned that I tend to agree with is if they're tested quarantined for 14 days not going home to their family not going anywhere quarantined to wherever hotel or wherever the athletes facility is and then tested at the end of that 14 day period theoretically they should have passed any asymptomatic window where they would be asymptomatic spreaders. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think I'm liking is, it. Yeah, this is a good blueprint, and I'm sure that all sports all over the world are watching what's going on with the South Korean League as well as what's going on with the Soccer League right here in Germany because there have been talks for the NBA on them resuming. And what has been rumored is that it would be like a bubble league 
where they would have the players all play in one specific location. And the two places that they're throwing out right now are either in Las Vegas, where they would play in the MGM arena in there, and they would have all the teams in that area. And then the other one would be over in Orlando, over at the Wild World of Sports, over in that arena. And it would essentially be the same thing, where they would have all the team members you know, kind of be there, then they would essentially live in a bubble for, you know, pretty much most of the season. And, you know, when it comes to money, when it comes to tests, you know, it would be one of those things where they would have to test everybody at nauseum just to make sure that everybody's safety is correct. So it's one of those things where this will be a blueprint. And I think people will be taking a look at this and seeing how successful these are, because if you think about it, I mean, yes, you know, sports players are compensated very, very well for what they do, but everybody's on a budget and everybody is hurting for money right now and they're not getting paid when they're not playing. So I know that is everybody. That that's that's one question I did have. So when they canceled the NBA, um, was everybody let furloughed from their contracts there was money guaranteed i didn't really understand how that worked well i mean i i think what's going on now is i think there's like a pot that they're all having to pay into and from what i saw in one of the articles not everybody received their full paychecks and that they're i know i know but again like people when you're used to living on a certain type of check and you don't get that check some people may not have three to six month emergency funds like others. So it's one of those things where when you're balling on a budget and you have a five million dollar mansion, you still got to, I guess, pay your mortgage <laughs> or you got to pay the taxes from that. So I think those are just some of the things that they're looking at. But it will be very interesting to see how this league goes, because based on how this success goes, I think that's the blueprint. Because right now, NFL is saying that they're going to be starting up that they're not canceling college football. You know what I've heard from reading some articles. Some uh, the commissioner of the NCAA is saying that if the the teams, if the schools aren't open, then they're not going to have the the players play. But that's what they say now. And again, NCAA does make a lot of money. So money talks. Mm-hmm. Money and talks. right now you're you're hearing uh, certain programs probably suspending some of their sports so that they have more money to be able to spread the pot. And I've been seeing stories of certain individuals taking pay cuts just so that they're able to still fund the program. So we'll see. But I, I, I think I would start watching soccer now just because I miss watching sports. So I'm open to watching soccer and man, I may even watch baseball. I may even watch that. Uh, Don't don't I don't know, man. Say you're gonna watch baseball. I, I, I am thinking if I have access to it, I may even watch that. What do you think about the UFC? UFC started up on Wednesday. I don't know if any of you guys knew that or not. Nope, I don't follow anything with the UFC. Yeah, they, they seem like they're very much in each other's uh, window of coronavirus spread. <laughs> well, actually, one of the main events 
the one of the players actually tested positive for coronavirus before the match because he had a family member that was living with them that ended up having it. So they scratched that off the card, but they continued so everything it's else. So interesting. If you know so much is at stake, I mean, I guess it's information. This whole idea of a bubble seems like anybody that's about to go into anything like this should be in a bubble for 14 days and just bubble their life up if they're about to get into a match like this. Yeah. That should be mandatory. But, but can you actually control people, though? You know yes. what I mean? If you it's say really hard to do. UF, if you say the two UFC fighters, you want to make that million-dollar payout on Monday, September 4th, you report to Locker Room D, and you don't come out for 14 days, and then you go to Podium A, you do your little talk trash thing, and then two days later you go to the fight. If they structure like that and say, if you don't do it, you don't fight, they will do it. If they pay for the hotel room, they pay for the food, they put them up, they'll do it. Especially they because if you think be about the it, the company doing it. Yeah, all that money that they're putting up and the money that they're expecting to get, you know, it's a contract. If you're not able to fulfill your contract, then there you go. That's, that's just like an athlete traveling across country to play a game. You're saying, how can you force them to get on a plane and go to Florida when they're from LA? Because the team's doing it. I don't know, man. I feel like there's so many holes that people could break the rules, right? And say, oh, I never knew. Or, oh, I didn't think it would happen. Yada, yada, yada. That's like Someone has curfew. a significant other. They want to see their child. They need to see their mother. They need, you know what? Things, the list goes on and on. I don't know. I don't know if you can actually say, all right, I'm going to have exhibit A be followed by person number two and confirm that this person didn't break any protocols for the time. I mean, it, it, it comes down to how bad do you really want to play? If that's an issue, then maybe it's too early to start back up then if you're not willing to do that because it all everything is risk-reward. If you're really hurting for that cash and to start playing, you'll make sacrifices. It's all about what's at the top of your priority list. That's true. Mm-hmm. Christopher, you want to read your article? So my article's kind of similar, not really um, along the lines of involving coronavirus. And down here in Florida, uh, Governor DeSantis will be opening up Florida gyms starting Monday. So for months, officials have closed businesses. The idea was to stop the spread or slow the spread of coronavirus. They've been keeping track of statistics. Um, they said that, let's see, the state has reported, Florida has reported 43,000 cases of COVID-19 and about 1,900 deaths are related to the virus, placing it into the middle pack of the states. They're saying that the decision for Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach, they're starting to have initial reopening. Let's see what else. Let's scroll down here. And he kind of stresses that the young and healthy should get back to a normal life as soon as possible. Um, His argument was that when a young person contracts a virus, the disease is much less less likely to hospitalize or kill them than an older person. So he's being very strict with the nursing homes, but more lax with the gyms. Uh, He states if you have a thousand people who are in their their healthy 20s get it, 
you're going to have less of a clinical significance than if you have 100 people who are 85 plus and in a nursing home get it. So there's different ideas of what exactly is going to happen. I'm very interested to see what gyms will be doing, what their plan of attack will be to stop the spread of coronavirus. Um, I think I can't find it in the article. I'm assuming they're going to be at 50% capacity, but let's talk. How can you prevent the spread of coronavirus while working out in the gym? I mean, are you going to put a mask on while you're on the treadmill? Uh, when you're running, you're having different breathing patterns than when you're talking. Your corona cloud or your cloud of breath, the respiratory droplets, are a lot more intense when you're working out. Is corona spread in sweat? Are we even worried about that? Is that something to worry about? Can you just wipe the surface down? But at the same time, people are saying no one's forcing you to go to the gym. So it's kind of at your own risk. Yeah, I'd be interested to see how this unfolds from the aspect of do people want to go back out there and go to the gym and test it out and see what's out there. I'm of the thought process of no, not yet. Um, just because the state opens up and they start to allow people to go to X, Y, and Z um, jobs and businesses that doesn't mean social distancing has been eased. Social distancing is still the rule of the land. And so that throws a wrench into everything that you that you had prior to this whole coronavirus uh, pandemic. So for me, um, I don't think the number of people who will be going to these venues will be as high as it was prior because... I think people will still have to follow the guidelines, social distancing. I mean, you mentioned 50% capacity. So now you're going to have someone probably counting the number of people that could come in at a time to exercise. And then you might have to um, effectively disinfect, clean everything down prior then or before the next group comes in to utilize the same uh, facility. So, I see it as there's going to be fewer people who want to come out to exercise. And then we have to remember that social distancing is still the rule of the land, even though these businesses are opened. Yeah, I got so I work it over at Planet Fitness. That's my go to place. And I went to their website just to see what they're doing for cleaning. And I'm just going to jot down some of the things that they're doing, which may be pretty similar to what other areas are doing. So first off, they say touchless check in. So avoiding unnecessary contact by checking in by using your digital key tag on the PF app, which is for Planet Fitness. Cleaning stations. Each cleaning station throughout the club will be stocked with disinfectant spray and paper towels. Hand sanitizer stations will also be replenished regularly. Cardio distancing. Some cardio and strength machines are not available to use to give our members a little extra breathing room. Uh, they, they give some examples on things that they want members to do to be considerate. So they're recommending scrub up before and after working out. So washing your hands for 20 seconds before and after using the equipment. Wipe down equipment before and after each use. There are cleaning stations located throughout the club with disinfected spray and paper towels. 
practice social fitnessing. Keep a safe distance by putting in an imaginary treadmill or two between you and others. Not feeling great? Take a rest day or try a workout at home on the app. And one thumbs up beats a high five. Encourage, give encouragement without touching. So it will be interesting. I do agree with you. Like this is going to be very similar to what happens with grocery stores now. If you, I still haven't done the Instacart. I still, you know, go early in the morning to jog and after i jog i go straight to doing grocery store shopping and when i go you know if there are more than the recommended amount there will actually be people outside not letting you go in until the proper amount of people that are going through they when you go in with your cart you have somebody who actually wipes down the cart with the hand sanitizer or you know, just a disinfectant before you go through, they have lanes up and down. So I think they try to direct traffic a little differently than what was done before. So there are little things that are being done. I'll be curious to see if how the actual gym looks. Like I know when you go to grocery stores, a lot of the checkout stations will have the plexiglass just to try to at least put some sort of distance. I mean, I imagine it may be a little difficult to do in a gym, but I've seen on TV there like Georgia and some other places have started opening up places for dining and they have, you know, rules about, you know, how do you dine? How many people can be at a table? You know, people from one family can be together or not together. How far they're spacing at the tables, employees wearing masks. So it will be very interesting, but it's one of those things where, Within the next couple of weeks, you know, you're going to start seeing people going back to how they used to be doing things, but it will be a little differently. But I do agree with you. Sports is a little different because you are sweating. You are going to be exuding a lot more energy when you're breathing. So I think Marvin is right where maybe the amount of people who were working out aren't going to be working out like they used to. I think some people may look at when they're working out. Maybe they'll be working out earlier in the morning. And I think the people who really want to do it, they're probably going to be even more hypervigilant when they're doing stuff, too, because they don't want to get sick. So those are some of the things that I was thinking about as well. Cool, man. Well, I just I just really want this vaccine to come out. <laughs> so who knows uh, how long that'll take. I'm very, I have mixed feelings about this vaccine. One is, I feel like they're putting too much pressure on the scientific process to come out with the vaccine. I don't agree with that. I feel like let science progress the way science progresses. When you have someone looking over your shoulder and telling you you need to come out with the vaccine by July 10th, that opens the door for people coming up with fake or not thoroughly vetted research or proposals just because their boss is standing over their shoulder and says it needs to come out by tomorrow their best work isn't being put forward it's not being properly tested and the second question is going to come around with fine let's say they do have a rush vaccine are you going to line up and get it very interesting who's going to get that first round of the untested corona vaccine i don't know time will tell it's I mean, me. I'm just saying, throwing it out there. Movies like World War Z always talk about a vaccine of a virus that comes out, and then some sort of treatment vaccine. Where people thought they had one thing right, may have worked with one person, then they mass produce it, and then stuff happens. So I don't know. 
I don't know. Yeah, it's one of those things where, I mean, usually when you're going to clinical trials, these things, phase one, phase two, phase three studies, it usually takes a long time to go through these. And generally, it's it can take years and years. Like, I think I, I remember studying back when, from when I was in pharmacy school, like when you're thinking about something to actually when it comes out in the market could be, you know, almost a decade sometimes from if you never had if this is a novel thing that has never been done before to when you actually see it and it's actually been practiced and the amount of people that you have in these trials and i think right now with everything that's been going on with coronavirus everything is fast-tracked right now and there are pros but there are also some cons to this too like we all saw with you know what everybody was saying about potential treatment for coronavirus being hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin and now you start seeing that with these trials that have come out they've essentially not recommended it and all of a sudden you don't see people being treated with that stuff anymore so a lot of what ends up happening with the scientific process just like as christopher said you you rush it a lot and when you rush it a lot you don't really get to see everything that you normally see in a trial and also with your phase four when you start looking at you know post-marketing effects that occur after the medication is out there you don't really learn much about the side effects that you could have probably picked up on before because people haven't been taking the medication long enough so that you can see how things work so i think that it will be very interesting to see who who are going to start taking it and what are the effects that you're going to see and, you know, how, how well do things work the way that they do. So, you know, I think right now, one of the things that I think about is if you think about the way that the, that people in the Asian countries are, you know, wearing masks has always been something that has happened and that's just the norm. And it's been the norm before coronavirus because they've just had so many people around and I think the mask thing is going to be a new norm. And I think people are just going to be a lot more hypervigilant when it comes to doing the things. So if you ask me, when is the next time I'm going to go to a restaurant and be somewhere seated for a long time? I don't know. I don't know, man. And it's to the point right now where, it's tough to say that people are working on a vaccine or that it's going to be anytime soon. When do we even really know all the symptomatology of Corona? I feel like just the other day they announced that kids with joint disease and inflammatory reactions, it's coronavirus. Like it's one of those things where we don't even know what we're dealing with yet. It kind of reminds me of the HIV AIDS pandemic back in the day. We're kind of, it seemed like a lot of random um, random symptoms and they couldn't tie it together and it's hard to treat something or look for a cure when you don't even know what are good signs to find out who has it and how it's transmitted, et cetera, et cetera. Only now we're starting to get a handle on it. You kind of look back, you're like, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. X caused Y and that led to Z. But at first it kind of just seemed like a catch-all. If you didn't know what was happening, you just blamed it on HIV or AIDS. And like you said, that was all because of time. And that's kind of what we're looking at. So it's been about 50 minutes. I figured normally we, we would do three articles. But I think the fact that we've had good conversation with the two, Marvin, we're just going to let you lead up next time for the next article that you that you want to talk about. But with that being said, why don't we start talking about some take-home points of what we want to discuss with the articles that we've read. So 
why don't I start off? Since, you know what? Let's let Christopher start off. You're going to start off. Why don't we have you start off and tell us what the break, what points that you want to bring up that you want the MVP crew to leave with with the article that you talked about with Jim. So basically, it's showing that gyms and other things are starting to reopen. But does that mean we should go? Or what are we doing to protect ourselves? So, yes, we have to start getting back to normal life. But at the same time, if you're not forced to. It's interesting. Time will tell. So still, just like Marvin said before, follow the rules, social distance, practice safe practices. If you're not feeling well, stay indoors, proper hygiene, and no one's forcing anyone to come out. But at the same time, if you do come out, be cognizant. If you don't feel well, make the right choice. Stay home, hand hygiene, social distancing. All right, and for my article, you know, I love sports. Sports seems like it's back. I think it's very smart to make it a measured approach. We can't go from zero to 60 in 2.5 seconds. This has to be something that is calculated. This has to be measured, and I think we need to take the proper steps. And I think that what the Bundles Liga League is doing with trying to get people back in, I think it's going to be a blueprint for other sports to follow. And I think it starts off with first, let's have the players out, just essential staff only. And then as things go, we can re- reassess and see how things look. But for now, let's do this for a while. Let's give it you know, a good month. Let's see if there's any cases that are coming through after that. Let's see if there's anything that's any different. And then from there, then we maybe we can look at extended more things. But I think the blueprint has been set. And I'm looking forward to be able to watch sports again. That's my two cents. Marvin, you didn't have an article, but is there anything that you want to leave with the group with regards to either of these articles or just stuff in general before we sign out? Yes. So, in general, um, what are your thoughts about camping? (laughs) I am going to try to camp in my own backyard with a tent this weekend. We'll see if I actually do it, but I'm actually going to give it a shot. The first step for me, though, is to find my tent. It's somewhere in my garage. I don't know where it is. (laughs) Camping's fun. I've been camping. I went camping out in a... I think it was a national park in high school with a bunch of friends from high school. It was fun. We had our whole senior class out there. We did a camping trip, a canoe and camping trip. So it definitely can be fun. I guess I kind of glamped in a sense. I, I went up once to, you know, it, you know I, I, I guess technically I've never camped before with regards to having the actual tent and you pitch it up. And all you do is you make your own food from scratch. Like, I've never done that before. I've been, like, in a cabin, that, but nothing pitched from nuts. So I guess the question to you, Marvin, is going to be, are you going to have, like, an extension cord from the house and you're going to put it to the backyard? Is it just more of sleeping underneath the lights and not an AC? Or are you looking at, you know having your TV and everything outside, like in my gazebo patio, and you're just sleeping outside? I'm going to try to just pitch a tent and sleep in that outdoors, under the sky, this weekend, 
if I can find the ten. But if I can't, then I can't do it. So we'll see. Okay, That's what I'm going to try to do. Real deal Holyfield tents that you bought from Bass Pro Shops. That's like yeah, yeah. Uh, no yeah. like no mosquitoes coming through. Exactly. That type of thing. Yeah, it just started getting warm up here in PA, Pennsylvania. So I'm like, I want to give it a shot. I think it'll be something no. fun. Yeah, I think it's, it's not, good. It's not that bad at all. No, it's it's not fun. Bad. Yeah. Pitch a it's tent in my backyard. You got it's a nice size yard. Yeah, I think you should do that. And I mean, that's one thing that I eventually want to do with affiliate one of these days is kind of do something like that. But I gotta, I gotta make sure I, I get everything legit and correct. But no, I think for you, I think it's definitely worth it a shot. And actually, if you like it, then you can do some other stuff. Actually, I've been on many trips. Actually, now that I think about it, to Alabama, where we're just out in acreage, you have a campfire. Um, roast some marshmallows over the fire, roast food, and just stay up, talk, and have a good time. I mean, does it count for my bachelor party? I slept outside in the balcony. <laughs> does that count? <laughs> I, mean, I was technically outside. I, was, I don't remember no what tent. floor it was. No it, tent, it, there, there was not a tent. It was just no tent. I had I had the blanket outside. So and there was, was no even, greenery. There no was greenery. not sleeping on green. You need the greenage and the tentage in order for it to count, my friend. All right, so I can say that I slept outside, but I, I did not go to camping then. Okay, that's fair. All right, Marvin, where can everybody find us? You guys can find us wherever, wherever, wherever podcasts are listened to. Also, please send us a line at marsonbrothers at gmail.com. All right, guys. So, again, let's do this again. MVP crew, we've missed you guys. I'm hoping that you guys are staying safe. Again, it's been awesome. Be good. We're going to do this really soon. With that being said, gentlemen, have a good rest of the evening. Marvin, I hope you don't get eaten by barracudas. Or you, don't have any, you don't have any water near you, do you? No. <laughs> okay, so I hope you don't get skunk, you don't get skunked or anything like that, or bears don't maul you. I think I'll be fine, y'all. It's my backyard. <laughs> All right, guys. Take it easy. Talk to you guys later. Later. See you. Thanks for listening to the Marston Brothers Podcast. And remember, do work and make a difference in somebody's life. What are you doing? To a microphone. Are you talking to the microphone? Yeah. Are you making noise? Yeah. How old are you? Two. Two. Yeah, I two. Okay. <laughs> what else are you doing? I do a three. You're three? Ten, eleven. Eleven? Yeah. Four? Yeah, four. And five? Okay. Okay. And six. Very good. You're going to play with... Play with grandma? No, I play Eli, okay? Eli's sleeping. Are you going to take a nap? No. Okay. I want to go on a cruise. What do you want to do? I'm going to go on a cruise. When are you going on a cruise? I'm going to go on a cruise. Maybe another time. Okay. All right. All right. All right, I'm going to press ready? stop. We're ready? Yeah.
Okay. Okay, should I stop? Think. Why are you picking your nose? See? You're picking your boogers. I got this. Okay. I think we've got enough video, right? Yeah. We got enough recording? Yeah. Are we going to pay you royalties? Yeah. Okay. Anything else do you want to say? Yeah. What else do you want to say? Uh, my teeth. Your teeth? What color are your teeth? What's that? What's what? What's that? That's, I don't know. You tell me. What's that? Okay. All right, Philia.